And he's laid on my heart a very special message this week that I was, as I was preparing. And uh, I've been talking about restarting, restarting, uh, uh, relaunching, and going back to the beginning. It's like the song we just sang, going back to the beginning where we started. You know, take me back, Lord. And sometimes we have to go back. And the Bible says, don't forget your small beginnings because you got to be reminded of where God brought you from. You got to remember. I remember I got to go back that day when I accepted Jesus Christ when I was 15 years old. I got to go back that day whenever God called me into the ministry when this pastor was praying for me in a youth camp over here in Mitchell, Indiana. I got to go back and remind myself of what God has truly called me to do and be. And sometimes you got to go back and be reminded that God's not done and God has always had a plan for you and it has never changed. And so I want to encourage all of us this morning, let's go back again and, um, and we're going we're gonna to dive into this one more time. Actually, I could have created a whole series on this for the past three messages, but uh, this morning we're going to be talking about What are the most important things? But before we do, I'm going to pray. And I want you to pray for me. Pray that God uses the message that he's put in my heart to minister to you. All I am is a servant. All I am is a vessel being used by God to minister to you, to help us as a body of Christ, okay? And so I want you to pray for me as God uses this message. This is probably the most simplest, most practical message I'm ever going to give you because we got to go back. We got to go back and remind ourselves some things. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for uh, this incredible weekend. God, so many things was going on. God, how that you moved at Jesus Jam last night and thousands of people were changed, God, spiritually for you, God, and we thank you for that. God, I thank you, God, for our young men in our school, God, and how that they, they played their hearts out, God, and they brought this community together. It's amazing what we saw. Just see six or seven or eight, how many are boys, God, young men, that they just brought the whole entire city together. And, and God, that's powerful. And God, I pray though, but right now, those things are over. It's done. But God, right now is a new day. Right now is a new moment. And God, we're here. And God, we're, we're ready to hear from you. And God, the only way that we can do that is, is God, if this pastor submits to you and, and yields to you and says, God, I give you my life, I'm yours. And God, I pray that God, not my will, not my words, but God, yours this morning, come through me. God, I love you. I praise you, God. I trust you, God. I trust you with my life, God. And I ask that, God, that you speak right now to the body of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor David. Wow. As Pat said already, go pick you some cards up. Easter's right around the corner. Invite some people and let the card just tell them, you know, we're, we are having three services, at 6 o'clock on Saturday night and two on Sunday morning, 9 and 11. Nothing's changing there. And so we are going to make room. Uh, I know that we've got all of our students, our young men, uh, young ladies and young men, they're having their own service over in our new facility over here. Or we're working diligently to try to get the main room ready for them Easter 
morning. And but like I said, they're not going to care. We used to worship in barns before with hay all around us, cows and animals. We don't care. So uh, let's don't get caught up. And it's got to be polished and perfect. So and, and Greg knows that. And we're just going to have a ball. They'll have a ball over there. So, but anyway, pray that we get stuff ready for that. Uh, you know, as, as we are starting here, let, let's review a minute here because restarting our lives is so important and it's, it's really understanding. The first week we talked about what is a Christian and we reminded ourselves, what does a Christian do? And, and we learned that be baptized, be baptized, join a local church and, and, and become a part of a smaller group, and, the, and went on and on and on. There was five points, I believe, there. But, but we, we, we talked about what is a Christian, and we got a reminder of what is it, and am I doing those things? And then last week, we talked about uh, what's God's plan for my life, and we're going to hit on this a little bit again this morning, but what is his plan for my life? And, and sometimes we're, we want God to specifically make it clear and precise, okay, this is his plan. Yeah, that is true, but his plan never stops. It's more about the journey, not the destination. It's the journey that you're on. You see, Paul never was completely completed. He said, he said you, know, I, I, you know, I don't understand. I haven't got it all together. I've, I don't understand yet. I, I, I haven't got everything together, but there's one thing I do know. On this journey, I'm going to forget what's behind me, and I'm going to keep pressing Toward pressing on to that prize, that high calling of God that He has for my life. And so be reminded that when you're in God's plan, when you're in God's purpose, you're on a journey. I'm still on a journey. I'm, God's still using me doing different things every day. You know what I did last year? I'm doing different things. You know, God is constantly, but I'm still in God's plan. I'm still in God's purpose, and I'm staying in the fight. Amen. And I'm not quitting, but we're going to hang on. And so today, we're going to talk about, we're going to try to answer this question, what are the most important things? I don't know if you ever thought about that. As a Christian, have you ever thought, what are the most important things as it relates to my life and being a Christian? What are they? And I found them here in the Bible, and the most simple, practical things that's going to blow your mind when I tell them to you, because you're not going to be surprised, but you're going to ask why. But, but before we do, let me show you what it says here in Psalms 90, verses 12. Because if you want to know what the most important things are, we got to seek the Lord. we got to, we got to talk to Him. Watch what He says in Psalms 90, verses 12. We'll start here. Psalms 90, 12. Teach us to number our days. And that word numbers our days is really realize, realize what's important, really, is what this is saying. It doesn't mean number your days you're going to die. It means number your days what are, what are important to you. That Why? That we may gain a heart of wisdom. In other words, we'll know more about God. We'll know what really truly matters for us. Now listen, I've got to pause for just a second. My OCD is killing me right now. This screen is crooked. And if I, I can't, I can't, I cannot, I cannot preach with this crooked screen. I'm sorry. I'm the guy, if I go in your house and you go out of the room, you go to the restroom, whatever, I'm the guy that's going to go up. If you've got a crooked picture on your wall, I'm going to fix it when you come back. Lori, you're that way too. I saw you fix pictures. I was over there at your house the other night and you, you went, I'm like, oh, OCD right there. Right there it is. I'm the otter though. I'm the otter. I'm like off the chart. I'm, like, ah, I'm here. I'm here. Let's have a party. Let's have a party. Right. I don't know, that's for somebody, I enjoy that. But this is where this came from right now, okay? I gotta straighten this up. But, so now I'm ready, it's all straight, we're all good. Um, they were racing against the clock, that's why. But gain, gain a heart of wisdom. 
if you really want to know what God wants or what really matters, we've got to, we've got to ask God. We've got to ask God, what's really important, God? And he will reveal it to us. And my prayer is that God will show us all in this room really what is important, what's the most important thing. But sadly, we live in a world where we know people know right from wrong, don't we? But a lot of people, they don't do what's right. They don't do those things, and they're not doing the things that God wants them to do. And because of that, Paul gives us a warning here, and he puts it this way in Ephesians. Let's go to the next one. Ephesians 5, verses 15 and 17 he says, so be careful how you live. Why? 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 Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. What we just read, numbering your days, asking God what's the most important thing here, but make the most of every opportunity, every chance you get. Take time to ask God, God, what do you want me to do today? What's the most important thing of my life today, God? What is it? Every day when I wake up, I ask God, God, what do you want me to do? What's important to you, God? Because if it's important to you, it's going to be important to me. These evil days, okay? Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days because they're evil, trust me. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So we have to be intentional this morning. We've got to be intentional to ask God. So my prayer, God, show me, God, what's the most important thing for me to do? Again, we're going to go right back to the basics. Because we get so caught up. Trust me, the world te- teaches you what to do. The world will begin to write your own schedule for you. I get frustrated with this all the time. Am I, am I the only one who experiences this? I, I want to do something, but the world's planning my schedule for me. I'm not lying. And, and it's like, it's like you, you want to do something, but you can't do what you want to do because the, the system, things just happen, and you got to do what it tells you to do. And so we got to talk to God about this. But according to the word, as I was studying this week, there's really three things that's really the most important thing that we need to understand and stay focused on this, okay? Now, and I'm going to show them to you. So if you're taking notes, let's just go ahead and get them out of the way real quick. Okay, number one, it's going to blow your mind. The most important thing is God. That's probably the first time anyone's ever stopped and told you it's God. Now imagine that. Why would I put this up here? Because it's a problem, church. Because people say, if I ask you, who's number one in your life? Oh, well, God's number one. Really? You know, let's go back to the Blessed Life series that I minister. If you really want to know who's first in your life, oh, it's simple. Why don't you go to your check registry? Go there, because to whom or what are you going to serve? Trust me, you're going to serve somebody. You just look at that check. What's the first thing you do when you get paid? What do you do with that? Who do you run to? (laughs) Come on, preach it. We know. That's why we talk about the first fruits. That's why God wants it first. (laughs) I love that. Did you say Brenda? Anyway, but God has got to be number one. Now, let me read this in Philippians, what what Paul says, three verses, seven and eight. Now, because he had this problem, but when he finally got himself straightened out, understanding what's the most important thing is, he got refocused. Now, watch what he did. I once thought these things were valuable, okay, were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. They're not important to me anymore. 
Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Paul's right there. Isn't that good? But we live in a world where there are so many more important things than Christ. And he always becomes, he's coming in second and he's coming in third place. But watch now, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Listen, this is my prayer for the church this morning, that we get hungry enough that we say, no, I am going to put God first in my life. And if distractions try to come, we've got to identify with those things and say, no, I am not going to do it. I'm not going down this path. And so the question we need to answer this morning, and I want you to ask yourself this question, make it personal. Is God really the most important thing in my life? Let's pause on this. I want that to sink in. Is God really the most important thing in my life? Or is it easy for something to pull you away and get you sidetracked from God? Now, and we're going we're to dive in a little bit deeper here, but we got to be intentional. But Jesus, I found a story where Jesus starts talking about this guy, talks to this guy who had his perspective all wrong, who had everything about things was the most important thing rather than God. Now watch in Luke 12, verses 20, 21. But God said to him, you fool, <laughs> right off the bat. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. And by the way, demanded, when you study that, that means you're going to die. You've lived your life. Now you're going to die. Okay, now watch what he says to him. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself, but is not, watch, rich toward God. I want you to see this for just a moment. I should have put this in yellow because I want to ask you, are you rich in God? Now, a lot of times people say, well, well, wait a minute here, Pastor Gary. Uh, I I thought this blessed life series, you know, God wants me to be blessed. God wants me to prosper. God wants me to have things. I am 10,000% positive of that. But here's what this is saying. He's saying, I want you to be rich in God. He says, I want you to have things. I just don't want those things to have you plain and simple. But when those things starts having you above God, that's when God's not pleased. You got to understand God must be number one. God has to be Lord of it all or he's not Lord at all, someone once said. And so I want to ask you the question, is God really the most important thing in your life? Be careful with this. Be so very careful. What are some things that's got to go? Trust me, there's things in my life. I'm preaching to me, man, because there are things so many times I will put God second, thinking these things are so important. You know, and I, there's, there's some times I was telling a guy last night, waiting in line, he, he was talking about pastor or something. I don't know how it came up, but he says, you know, he said, I, I bet it's difficult being a pastor. I said, yeah, it is. It's not easy. I was telling this morning, if anyone tells you it's going to be easy, they've never really hit that road bump. But it's it, it's going to come up. It's It's difficult most difficult task that I've ever done. But, but I, I said, there's one thing that I try not to negotiate, and that's my study time. I study on Thursdays and Friday. I have to study. That is his time. That's nobody else's time. That's God's time to minister to me for the body of Christ so I can prepare to be able to minister to you. 
I have to protect that with everything. And then I have to ask myself, what's so important that I'm going to stop and give that more of my attention than God? So, 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 so for me, that, that's it. So God doesn't care what you have. If you have things, he just wants to make sure that those things don't have you, okay? So what's the most important thing? First and foremost, it's God. Ask yourself this question. Is he really number one? Okay? That's deep, isn't it? <laughs> okay, here's the second thing God gave me this week. Okay? Because at the end of our life, there's only one thing going to matter. Our relationship with Christ. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. And here's the second thing that God showed me this, this, this week was this. The second one is loving and caring for other people. That's critical. Do you know that's, that's, that's probably that's the top number one commandment as well? You know, it, this right here, the whole entire Bible can be built on two things. Okay? If, you, if you're doing the Bible, I can, I can prove if you're doing the Bible, it's loving God and loving people, loving one another. You're doing the whole Bible. As a matter of fact, there was a, 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 some of the disciples went up to Jesus and said, Jesus, what is the most important commandment? You remember what he said? He said, love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. That's the first and, that's the first and most important commandment. Then he paused and said, oh, by the way, there's one just as equally important. What does he say? Love one another. Love your neighbor. Love one another. The entire Bible is built on loving God and loving one another. Loving one another. Now, let me read you the scripture in Galatians 5, verses 13 and 15. What's it say? Serve one another humbly in love. I'm going to prove to you the whole entire Bible is built on it because it even tells us. It tells us a number of scriptures. It says this, for the entire law. What's the law? The Bible. The entire Bible is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment Love your neighbor as yourself. What's the most important thing? Loving God and loving others. Look, I'm proving it to you. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. And you want to know what your, what your number one enemy is? They're people. <laughs> the enemy using people to get at you. Y'all get that? The enemy that, that uses people to, 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 to and, but now remember, the people aren't your enemy, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against those powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against virtual weakness in high place. See, our enemy's not the people, but the enemy tries to make us think it's the people. And if he makes us think that, this is the reason why God says, I want you to love one another. Because when you love one another, I'm going to show you the power of people. There's power in people in your life. And the enemy doesn't want you with people. Because I'm going to show you in a little bit that, 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 that people is your number way of growing closer to God. But there's some of you here today, and I promise you, in a crowd this size, there are some of you here today that someone has offended you. <laughs> and you're still mad. And you're thinking about them right now. And you're thinking about awful things about them. And if you could punch them, you would want to punch them. <laughs> I'm just telling it like I see it and like I feel. I'm, I, reason why do I know it? Because I've been there. <laughs> it's like, you know, um, like someone runs me off the road. What do you think I say? Oh, God bless you. Amen. You have a great day, buddy. Love you. 
Bless you. I, went, I dropped someone off the airport one day, and they, they, I, I kind of pulled in front of them. They got mad. They were like, bah, bah, and he was throwing stuff up at me and just all this, flipping me up. And then we'll just leave that alone, using that one-way sign. But they was doing all this to me. And here's the way to fix it real quick. Act like you know him. And then he drove on by. I went, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Good to see you. God bless. God bless you. And he's like. Um, but people, listen, there are some. Here's my, here's my point this morning. Look, forgive. You have to forgive. You've got to let it go. If you don't forgive people, God can't forgive you, church. Amen. You want to be forgiven, you've got to forgive. You've got to let it go. And forgiveness is to set the prisoner free than to realize that the prisoner was who? who? Me. me. It's really me. I don't know who come over that. That's awesome. But it's so true. And we hold ourselves into captivity. So God can't set us free if we don't forgive others. That's how powerful people are in our lives. But when you come together in unity, Man, you're talking about a powerful force that cannot be stopped. When you get unity, when you get the body of Christ all moving in the right direction, you have got a powerful, packed group of people doing a great work and a mighty work of God. That Look, whenever Asbury broke loose, it was about a group of people coming together and praying, and it just spread all around the world. People start talking about it. Why? Because a group of people, that's their power in people. So much power in people. And here's the thing that I I have to remind myself, people that you get frustrated with and that you don't like, guess what? Jesus died for them too. There's a thought. And he says to take it a step further. He said, you can't fix them, but you can fix you. Let me read you the scripture here. Now watch. Because when you do it to them, he says, you're really doing it for me. Watch, Matthew 25, verses 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. Whenever you, whatever you did for one of these least, watch, the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me. Amen. You could put your enemy in here. You could put whoever in here, because people are people that Jesus died for the world. And when you do it, forgive them. And when you forgive them, you're doing it to Jesus. Jesus sees that and he says, I'm pleased with you because I know, I know they may have offended you. I know that they may have wounded you. I know that they may have mistreated you. I know that, but you've reached down deep with inside of yourself and you forgave them. And when you did that, you were also forgiven me. You're doing it to me. So what's the most important things? Number one, loving God. Number two, loving people. Loving and caring for people. Ask yourself this question. How much am I really loving and caring for people? Or am I too busy getting caught up that I don't take time to love people? Um, Linda Zoman, where is she here this morning? Linda Zoman. Okay. Anyway, she had surgery. And sometimes, you know... Um, um, I have to have balance. I got to have a balance. You know, sometimes the elders get frustrated that I visit people in the hospital sometimes too much. And, um, and I need to distribute some of that. And I get that. I really do. But as I was sitting there, I thought about, so I'm a pastor. I love people. Sorry. I love you. There's nothing you can do about it. 
because that's a pastor's heart. I looked at Linda while I was there. She said, Pastor, you really didn't need to come. I said, Linda, they're getting ready to do heart surgery on you, good little lady. I, you know, I, I didn't want to say, you're going to die. I didn't, I'm going to ever do that to anybody. But you know what? This is life and death. And she looked at me and she said, she said, Pastor, it's okay. I said, Linda, I'm here because I want to be here and I love you and I would not have it any other way. Amen. And there's sometimes I can't make it to everybody, but this is my heart of a pastor. And, and I have to have balance. I get it. I got to make sure that I don't kill myself. I, there's no way possible I can go to everything. I can't go to all the knee surgeries and, and the, you know, whatever. But critical ones, I try my best to get to every heart surgery. If it's hard, somebody's met life and death, I'm going to try to be there. I don't care what anybody says. There ain't nobody going to stop me. Because you need your pastor right there beside you. But, but it's about people. I, I, I asked Linda, I said, and Linda, you know, ask her, was she glad I was there? <laughs> Why? Because it's about people. Ask yourself, and I'm just using that example, but ask yourself this question. When's the last time that you took time to stop and really love somebody? Just because you could. Now remember, amen. Look, the most happiest that you will ever be is when it's about other people. The most miserable you're going to ever be is when it's about yourself. We live in a world right now where they're so selfish and everybody's about themselves. Everybody's about doing what they want to do. And I, mean, I haven't got time for anybody else. And don't be like this man who got, had it all, but at the end of his life, he can't take any of that thing with him, none of it. But there's one thing I can take. I can take souls with me. I, I can see your face one day when I walk across into heaven. I can say, oh, there you are, man, high five. Yeah, you made it, you made it, you made it. Oh, did you bring that money with you? Did you bring your house with you? Right, where you live? Not happening. But they brought themselves. And I'm there, you're there, and we're partying together, amen. And I know I said all the time, when I get to heaven, I'm not going to come in all nice and clean and polished. I'm going to go in sliding head first, baby. I mean, sorry. I'm going to be walking in bloody, battered, and bruised, and praising God, and going, high. I made it, hallelujah. It's about people. <laughs> Isn't this, isn't this the most profound thing you've ever heard? God said, remind the church the most important thing. Let's get back to the start. Let's get back where we need to be. It's about God, and it's about loving and caring for people. Now, here's the third thing. Here's the third most important thing. Focus on eternal or heavenly things, not earthly and yeah, those, you know, again, God wants us to have nice things. He really does. But, but at the end of the day, it's about eternally. What is our hope in? Our hope's not in my home. My hope is not in my bank account. My hope is in eternity one day. That one day I'm going to live forever. And I get to see the King of kings and Lord. I, I, get, I get to live forever. It's about eternity, folks. And again, I'm not having anything with me. When we all go, we're all going to look exactly, you're going to go in with exactly the same thing, nothing, nothing. You get a billionaire's grave, I've seen it online somewhere, you get a billionaire's grave and you get a, the most poorest man, a homeless man's grave, side by side, they look exactly the same, exactly the same. So be careful. Yes, I get it. We want it. God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. But remember, don't let those things have you. And if you can make sure God has you, 
He will bless you with more because he can trust you and he can say, this is my steward so I can trust him with a whole lot more so that they can, I can bless them so that they can be a blessing. So I don't want to take away that either, okay? I don't want to take away that, oh my gosh, Pastor Gary said I can't have anything. I got to go sell everything and we got to go live behind a van and a ri- whatever down by the river. <laughs> no. No, what God is just saying is make sure things don't have you. Okay? I'm, gonna, I'm trying to remind us this morning, when you leave today, is God number one. Is people second in your life, making sure, are you a difference maker in people's lives? And the third one is focused on heavenly things, not as much on the earthly things. Now let's read this. In Luke chapter 12, verse 15, because he even tells us here, watch out. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. In other words, it's about me, 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 me. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. You want to know what a rich man is? It just said, be rich in the Lord. That's a rich man. That's a rich woman. You see, when I met this beautiful young lady right here on this front row, the most important thing I cared about her was that she loved Jesus. I don't care anything else about her. And guess what she did? And she still does. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 21, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But what does it say? Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, what's going to happen? There your heart will be also, church. So if your heart is in the kingdom of God, you're going to go there. Okay, if that's where your treasure's at, I mean, your treasure, if your treasure is in your bank account and all, your, your, your heart's going to go there, okay? If your treasure is in God, your heart's going to go there. So wherever your treasure is, your heart's going to follow that. And this is what he's saying. And so, but he says, don't store up things on the earth. Look, it's so, again, I want to make sure I have balance because I don't want everybody walking out and going, oh my gosh, either we're blessed or not. Look, God will bless those who will be a blessing. If you're ready to be a good steward for God and say, this is not mine because when I'm serving God, everything I have belongs to God. If he says, I want you to bless this, I'm supposed to bless that person. That's how God's work. And I'll show it to you in just a second. In Matthew chapter six, we just read that. So, Again, God doesn't care that you have things. He just doesn't want those things to have you. So now let, let, let's, let's, let's review a little bit here. So how do we do this thing? So if, if God is the most important thing and people are the most important thing, and then uh, and, and focusing on eternal things is very important. And so how are we supposed to channel through all of this? Well, what do we do on our end? We, yeah, we know that. We know that, but we have to stay focused on that. And what's going to help us? What we're going to have to do is we have to live it out, church. We've got to live out some things. And these are the three things that God gave me this week that we're going to have to live out. If we're going to know that God's number one and people are, people are his most important thing as well, and then eternal things is important as well, then you have to live out by knowing what your purpose is. Getting in that purpose and moving with it. Get involved. Start going. Do something with your life. God didn't call you and create you just to come to church and find your seat. And and, and listen, God's called you to do something. Step out and just see what God can do. If you don't, you'll never never know. You'll never know. 
And so we have to do it. We live out by knowing what your purpose is. And God's purpose, again, isn't necessarily a destination. It is the journey. It is a journey that we're on while we're in our desti- while we're in the purpose that God has for us. And oh, there'll be days when you arrive that, okay, I know exactly what I'm supposed to do, but it's not going to stop. You're going to keep moving. It's going to keep moving. You're going to keep moving. You're going to keep doing. Start doing. Start moving. And by the way, his plan has never changed for us. Never has. He still has a plan for you. I promise. If you're sitting here today and say, I don't have a purpose, I don't have a plan. Oh, yes, you do. You know the reason why you haven't found it? Because you're not doing. You got to be before you can do. You got to do before you can have. Now watch. Let's go on. Psalms 139, verses 13 and 16. For you created my inmost being, David said. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Want to know why we don't support abortion? Right there. They're a human being before they were even in there. Wow. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Why? My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Thousands of years ago, God, you had a plan for me. Thousands of years ago, God had a plan for you, and it has not changed. And he goes on and says, your eyes saw my unformed body, not even formed yet. He saw you. He knew you. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. There's the plan. He has a plan. Before one of them came to be, he had a plan for you. He has a plan for me. Now, I, I want to stop and tell you, I am so proud. I'm going to pick on people. I love picking on people in the church. And, and Katie, was, I was the one I was focusing on. And so today, I'm going to focus on Brittany and Mel. You see, it was probably about a year and a half they come to me. And they said, God's been building on their heart that, that we want to start a, a class called well, Well-Watered Mothers. And they were nervous. They were scared. They didn't know. And so they just, we don't know what's going to happen, but, but we know we're supposed to do this. So they did it. They, they, they started doing this class. And of course, it had road bumps and, and they, they, they ran into some challenges. They, they didn't know, they're new at this thing. And then they, boy, they, they saw some spirits coming in that they didn't know what to do with it. And it got a little crazy and they talked to me and I understood all that, but it wasn't easy. But, but it's now it's launched and it's going and it's thriving now, okay? But because they started doing out of that, remember, it's, the dest- it's not the destination as much as it is the journey. They got on the journey of what God was wanting them to do. They, they just got out of their comfort zone. And through this now, a year and a half later, God is now shifting Mel toward the women's ministry and shifting Brit over into the youth ministry. But they're still going to do well-watered mothers. But God, you're seeing this thing. And how many was here Wednesday night when, when, when Brittany ministered, man? I'm, she has got an anointing for young people. Why? Because she's in God's plan and purpose. Is she there yet? No, she's not arrived. She's still on this destination, church. But she's in the plan of God. Why? Because she's doing it. Because God had this plan for her since she was a young girl. But they would have never known it had they done nothing. And the enemy wants more than anything to keep you from doing nothing. He wants, to, he wants you to do nothing. That's what he wants you to do. I'm sorry. I said that backward. He wants to do everything he can to keep you doing nothing. Because he knows that God has a plan for you. 
He knows God has a purpose for you. And when you find it, oh my gosh, it, it's amazing what God will do. It's amazing. And so in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16, watch what it says here. For everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in who? In him, in Christ, and finds its purpose in him. In him. They're in him. Mel, Britt, they're working in him. Because they're in him and standing in him, they're finding their purpose in him. Let me ask you this question. Where are you at? Start. Well, I can't challenge you enough. I'm your pastor. Get start. Do something and watch what God will do. See, Tina and, and, and Pat, they got invited to the church. They didn't know they were going to be young adult pastors. They're now, he's on staff part time. You know, they're doing this thing now. Look at him. Thriving ministry. Why? Because they got in God's plan and purpose. Amen. He revealed it. And now they're moving. It's fun, isn't it? It's fun. Now they're having a movie night. By the way, the movie is free, by the way, but the food and stuff that's kind of there to, you can support them, give donations, help them with whatever, but, but it's going to be a great night. I can't wait. Jesus revolution, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm pumped. I'm going to be there. Wow. So here's my point. If you do nothing, you'll have nothing. If you do nothing, you'll have nothing. You'll be back at the same place, same time, a year from now going, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. God, show me your plan. <laughs> well, I haven't heard God's plan, so I'm going to leave. I'll come back next Sunday. Maybe he'll tell me then. Come back. God, what's your plan for my life, God? Didn't hear anything. I'm going to go back home. A year later, I'm going to go back to church, find God's plan. God, show me your plan. doesn't work that way. Start doing. Get out of your comfort zone. Do something. When you take one step, God says, oh, that's good. Let me get with you on that. Take another, oh, that's really good. Let me, I'm going with you on this one. You'll start feeling his presence. Before you realize it, then, now all of a sudden, now we got a massive, and we got a problem. Now we got well-watered mothers, we got young adults, and now we are, 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 are mothers, and now we got teenagers. I'm like, you, I'm like, you guys are like going out of here. And DJ's right on their heels. Mel's husband. Because he got up and he ministered for the first time. And this is what he always told me. He said, I can't speak, I can't speak. Please don't, don't ever call on me. That scared me. Don't you ever call on me. You know what? We had him minister on one Wednesday night. It's like he'd done it all his life. And he went home and he told me, he says, since I did that, message after message after message is starting to birth in my heart, Pastor. Why? Because he started moving. He's doing something. And because he's doing something, he's having something now. He's got God's attention. Okay. Everybody with me on that? And so live it out by knowing your purpose in God. Live that thing out if you want to grow. And by the way, at, at, at Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, I jumped ahead of, ahead of myself here. So, so that, that's it. Or is that it? I'm so confused. I got crazy here. Number two. Let's go number two. There we go. That's a good part to start, place to start. Are y'all ready? Here we go. Number two. So the second way you do it is live it out by what? Continually growing. And this is a good one because you're thinking that I'm going to take a shift of gear a different direction. You're going to think I'm going to tell you, read the Bible, uh, do this, do that, read this book, read that book, read all this stuff. You want to know, know the, ways, the strongest way that you're going to grow? Let's go back to people. It's people. 
Let's go to the scripture. I'm going to prove it to you. Proverbs 27, verse 17. As iron sharpens iron. You ever see that happen? It's amazing. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another person. Sharpens them. Change happens in relationships, church. I grew when I connected with godly people. That's when my life started growing. Come on, how many of you could agree with this? How many is with a group of people? You're growing now because you're connected to a body of Christ that's encouraging you and spurring you on, nudging you on, saying, come on, you can do this thing. You start growing. That's why the enemy doesn't want us together. As long as he can keep us separated, we're going to be a lonely little island all by ourselves, not growing. We have to grow. God, again, the entire Bible, love God and love people. Love people. I, I, I don't know who said this. I think it was Dale Carnegie said this. No one man will ever become successful unless another man helps him to become that way. People help people. That's why the most happiest you're going to be is when it's about other people. Bless people. Help people. And when you help, by the way, it will come back at you. Because I'm going to show it to you here. Because um, that leads me to number three now. Let's just go on to number three. Because now remember, the most important commandment in the Bible was about loving God and loving people. So if you want to grow, love people. Iron sharpens iron. Now, here's number three, and I'm done. Come on, Pastor David. You live it out by now sowing seeds to help people. You just start sowing seeds into other people. And what happens with seeds if they're nurtured? They grow. Guess what's going to happen in you when you do it? You'll grow. Because it's about people. It is about people. You live it out by sowing seeds to help people, help others. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. Remember this. And by the way, a lot of people make this about money too. It's not about money. It's about anything it could be. Okay, now watch. It says... Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. You give a smile, you're going to get smiles back a bunch. Whatever you give, it's going to come back. Each of you should what? Give what you have decided in your heart to give. Whatever it is, you give that. To who? Other people. Other people. You know, we have elders in this church that's all about helping and, and doing, doing stuff in this church. And, and, and most of them are out here doing this work of their own time, helping. And I know they probably don't want any accolades or any attention for it, but, but I, I'm sorry. They're amazing. They're over here doing it. They're giving whatever it is. They've decided to do this. They're going to give to the Lord their talents and their time to lead. And they're doing it. And we're, we're seeing this building built. Not reluctantly. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. He loves that. He loves that. And what happens when you give cheerfully? What happens when you give to other people and you give smiles and you help them out and you bless them? When you go to the homeless, wherever that source, and you, you, you help the homeless people, you bless them. Guess what? God's going to bring that back. He's going to help you. He's going to bless you. He's going to take care of your family. Let me show you what happens. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. 
Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Enriched in every way so that you can always be what? Generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So if you want your life blessed, again, now we go back. Now your blessings come. And it all comes by you, number one, loving God, loving people, staying focused on eternal things, not necessarily earthly things. Well, if I do that, how am I going to be blessed? You're going to be blessed because God's going to bless you for blessing people. We just read it. Let's go back to that scripture one more time, Dana. Let's read it one more time. There you go. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can always be generous. If he sees that you got a generous heart, if he sees you got a loving heart, a giving heart of whatever that you give, you're going to live an enriched life. He's going to give it back. He's going to bless you constantly. I'm sorry, when you give with the right heart, remember, God doesn't bless giving. He blesses giving with the right heart. Well, I could turn this thing into the blessed life series. I guess it's good, didn't I? <laughs> right? He doesn't bless a giving heart. He blesses a right heart. He blesses a right heart that you will always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those other people, they're going to th thank God for it. Listen, what's the most important thing? Loving God. Loving people, keeping your eyes focused on the heavenly things, the eternal things, because that's our hope. Nothing more, nothing less. How do we do it? We're going to live it out by knowing what our purpose is. How do we do that? We just start moving. We start doing something. Get into the purpose, and, and God will reveal it. Start in that. But when you love God and you love people, you're going to find it. You're going to automatically start doing it. And secondly, how are we going to do it? We're going to live it out by continually growing. How do we grow? Get yourself together with a smaller group. What did you do at your small group last night? Did you, did you talk about the Lord at all? Yeah. Denny? Yeah. Betty? Yeah. I'm sure you didn't talk about Jesus at all when you were in that little small group. Absolutely they did. They were unlocked. And what? They were growing. They were growing. You continually grow by sharpening one another. Get yourself with people and you'll grow. And lastly, you live it out by sowing seeds to help others. When you give of yourself to help others, God will bless you back. He will bless you back. Amen. I want you to ask yourself this question. And I mean it when I say this. What is the Holy Spirit speaking to us right now? You specifically in your heart about some changes that you might need to make moving forward? What areas have you put way, way before God? What areas are you so busy you, you can't help anyone? You can barely help yourself. Trust me, we got to be careful because the world will, will schedule your schedule for you. It sure can. And lastly, we got to stay focused on, on, on eternal things, on heavenly things, because that's our hope. One day, our hope's not in our home, our hope's not in our cars, our hope's not in our bank. And those things are wonderful while we have those things because we got to have those things to help and bless other people. Because God said, I will, I will give you as you become good stewards. I will give you more. But we have to keep our eyes on the main prize. It's Jesus. Ask yourself the question, what changes are going to have to happen in my life? And as your pastor, I want us to go back and let's restart. Let's restart. 
Let's, uh, let's get refocused and say, God, I'm going to do this thing right now. You know, Adam, you, you guys, I'm going to do this thing right now. The ripples, I'm going to do this thing right now. We baptized them last week. People in the church are starting to, I'm going to do this thing right now. Let's start, let's start going the right way. Shelly, God's getting ready to open up the door for you as well. Rick, God's going to do some stuff in you. You're going to step out. All of a sudden, you're going to start to see this amazing purpose God has for you. It's amazing. People are hungry right now. What's God speaking to you? What's God telling you? He's telling me to tell you to step out, is what he's told me to tell you. As your pastor, because I love you. I love you with all my heart. I want to see you grow. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you be a, somebody who loves people and cares about others. Uh, first of all, I want to see you just loving God. I mean, having a passion for God. Yes. And you see, I, I, you may see me here, but I want you to see God in my life more off of this platform than on it. I want you to see God in my life when I'm in the store. I want you to see God when I'm with my wife and in, in, in the public. I want you to see God in me. And I want you to see that I love people. And it's so easy to say and stand behind the pulpit and say that. But I have to tell you this morning, my heart is passionate about this. I love you. I want to see you flourish. I want to see you grow. And my focus is on eternal things because that's my hope. And I want to take as many people as I can with me. Is that okay? I just want to take you with me. I'm selfish. I want all to go. You all got to go. You cannot not go. You better not. You better be there. Father, I want to thank you for your word this morning. I want to thank you. God, give us a fresh passion to put you first again. God, I know it's so easy to get caught up in all this other stuff. But God, we really do need to make sure that you're number one. And God, lighten our load so that, God, that we can be more about people, that we can encourage people, that we can get together with smaller groups and grow with one another, encourage one another, God, and and let us stay focused on eternal things, God. God, I pray in Jesus' name that, God, that you will show us and that we just live it out, God, that we're going to start living it out and we're going to begin to know what our purpose is when we step out and start doing and and start being, God, what you want us to do, God. And God, when I say let us be about continually growing as well, and that means that, God, that means that we're going to get with people to help us grow. Help us grow, God. And God, let us be seed sowers. Let us begin to sow seeds in people's lives. Because, God, there's so many people lost and confused and have no direction. And, God, we may be the closest thing to Jesus that they're going to ever see. So make opportunities, God, for us to be your light. In Jesus' name, amen.